What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Bless. To the left of me, I got my co-host, Let Me Know. And this is the Moment of Truth podcast. Today, we got a legendary figure in hip-hop in the building. A gentleman that is in everybody's top five, undebatable. Please welcome the chef, Raekwon, Wu-Tang's own in the building. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being here, brother. What Thank up, you for up, being my here, niggas, my G. What's good? What's good? It has been a couple years since I've seen you. Fucking nothing ever changes. <laughs> right. Still killing it. You just came off stage. Momentous right. night. The entire Wu was in the building. Right. Please speak on it, brother. Nah, the shit was, shit was murderous. You know what I mean? We went in there and did what we had to do. The energy was golden. You know what I mean? New stadium spot. Spot was lit. It was called the Bell, right? Some shit like that. What is it, Santra Bell? Pla Place Bell. Place Bell. Place Bell. I know Place it has Bell. something to do with the Bell in there, though. I call it the Bell. Well, basically, you the Bell I'm Center fair. is our stadium downtown, right. and then they just moved. Uh, they just replicated it in the yeah. suburbs. First time I've been there, nah, so it was an nah. honor to see you there. It was nah, really full yo, circle. That shit is big as a motherfucker. Like yo, you could do a lot of shit in there, man. Like. It felt like a hundred thousand people in yeah. there, B. It looked like it. Yeah, it and looked the lighting like it was too. incredible. Yeah, yeah, shit was lit up though, man. I was like, I felt good to be, you know. First of all, just to come back out here, you know. When was the last know, time you were here? It was a while ago. Been a while, eh? Word, I'm trying to think. Like I, I was probably there, but I'm trying to think when. Yeah, it was at least like probably like what, like five, ten years ago okay. or some Minimal. shit. Minimal. Minimal. La last yeah. time me and Ray were together, we were just catching up in the whip and shit. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, an old homie of mine, Remedy, uh, brought brought me on stage. There was this Canadian Music Week conference, and the mm. chef was in the building, and 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 they brought me out, and and Big Apple was with us. Remember Big Apple and shit? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we just vibed. Shout out Big Apple. Yeah, shout out nigga. Big Apple, man. And we just vibed lovely. Yeah. And um, I was telling my boy Frenchie, I'm like, yo, bring him through, and as soon as we see each other. We'll, you know, we'll we'll reconnect, and we just exactly. had a big laugh when we see each other. Um, nah, you know what it is? Yeah, it's memories, though. You a know? lot of memories. And, memories. And and you know, I love everything coming full full circle. I love seeing you and the entire Wu back together. Mm. Um, you guys just came off tour with Premier. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, Premier yeah, was on that yeah, Gods, it of was rap. Gods of Rap yeah. shit. Yeah, that shit was dope too, cause it was like you know, it was generations of of dudes that did their thing in the game. And, you know, for me to get an opportunity to stand on that stage with dudes that, like Chuck D, mm -hmm. who I know when when we was getting on, of course. it was like, oh, shit. Like, I watch fights. I watch niggas get broken up. Jury gets snatched. Niggas get bashed in the face with, you know, niggas take your shit while Chuck D is on stage just rhyming. So it's like, as a kid... Standing next to some of those type of artists that created that kind of energy based off of music was amazing, man. And you know, he loved me too. He embraced me. He's like, yo, Ray, you got an ill voice. Like, mm -hmm. one thing I noticed about a lot of the OGs, they pay attention to your your um your posture and your flows and your mm -hmm. and your disposition. voice. Yeah, your disposition. You know what I mean? How you do your dance and. You know, he's like, yo, man, I love that. You know what I mean? About you, yo, your voice. And he was saying shit like, yo, Triumph is my favorite Wu record. You know what I mean? Like, that feel good to know that the niggas that taught you how to do your shit is saluting you like that. You know, so it was, and, it was crazy. And for that to come full circle must just be like a special moment. Because, I mean, oh, yeah. you guys have toured with everybody. 
you know yeah. you guys have rocked every stage but i feel like it's mm. it's it's special when mm. when it's public enemy and yeah. the entire woo and preem dayla public enemy shout out shout out maceo yeah you I know those are masters right there those are shit. those are what you call uh you know the top echelons in the culture that really opened the door for a lot of us you know what i mean like when you think of guys like Rakim Kane, mm. you know what I mean? You think of these kind of groups and these kind of artists that really paved the way for us to make a lot of money today off of music, you know what I mean? Kane it, and Ra were always my personal favorites. Oh, yeah, you know. You know, yeah, there wouldn't yeah, be bars yeah. without Kane and Ra. Yeah, Everybody you know. says, of course, you and Nas and Big, but... You know, I think you could agree with me. They paved the way for that multi-syllable. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying? yeah. I, I just don't think any of us would be rhyming it, that pattern if it Not wasn't at all. For, for the gods. So, you Not know, at all. Them. Like, when you think of real rhymes, you you have to go to those brothers and, you know, Slick Rick included and be like, yo, nice. the combinations of flows and, the, the you know, the talks, Coogee raps and... yeah. All that shit just opened up the door for a lot of us to really want to write and, and really get on your, you know, writing game and shit. That brings me mm -hmm. to my first question. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of similar questions. I'm sure everybody want to talk about the purple tape. Everybody wants to talk mm -hmm. about the, the Wallys. <laughs> we ain't going to go to the obvious. We all go a little you bit said deeper. the Wallys. <laughs> right. We're not going to talk about staining the two-tone Wallys. Right, 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 right. Um, talk to me about what's a young Ray's mind frame? When you start putting your first project together, what mm. is your mind frame? Are you expecting the shit to continue to explode as it did? Or are you just like, I'm just trying to pen my nastiest shit and get to where I need to be legacy-wise? You, you, you feel me? Nah, my shit is when I first, my shit was like, yo, you got to be Muhammad Ali or nothing less. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I come from a, a scuffed up town and... They wouldn't expect me. They wouldn't expect nothing less from without from that. You delivered nothing less. So it was like me growing up the way I grew up and all the shit I was around. I knew when I got my chance to get in front of the light, I better tear shit apart. Mm. So that was my mentality. It was the greatest. It was the best. It was. I'm motherfucking Mike Tyson. I'm I'm fucking Jack Dempsey. I'm. You know, I'm Muhammad Ali. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm everybody on this mic, and and you're gonna feel it. You know what I mean? Because it's 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 the truth. You know what I mean? And not not saying like it's the truth. I mean like it's the truth. Like nigga, we come from this. We we know what it is. You know what I mean? Like um, my life be I, I died a thousand times already mm. to make it here, and it's like. The music guided me to be a better person. It kind of was like my alter ego. Like, you know, either you you stay involved with, with the crooks and hang out with them all day and think about digging pockets and selling drugs and, you know, fucking with niggas that we feel that, yo, got, got something that we want or whatever. Like, I ran with those kind of niggas. Like, we want something. We want you. We're going to go get well, you. Well, we would call the old work. You, yeah, the but town you know, changed a lot. and it's like you know <laughs> that side of me was like a different side from the music. I always still love the music, mm -hmm. so the music kind of like it just it fell in my lap. Like I wasn't really destined to think that I would be doing what I'm doing. I just did it for fun. When you do a lot of shit for fun, and then you realize later on, 
could, it could be a career. You're like, oh, shit, word. It's like, damn, I'm just living in this shit. I'm not even really paying attention to it like that. While you got other people who dream to be what we doing today, you know what I mean? Like, for me, it's like I stumbled on it. You fell into it, and because I feel like the energy in New York was so vibrant at the time, and you coming from, from where you came from, I feel like, you know, uh, undeniably, you guys were able to kind of change the narrative of where hip hop was. I saw some shit where they were saying, uh, I think it was the Stretch and Bobito doc on uh, Netflix, right. how you guys came up in there like a hundred deep, and yeah, they they'd never thirsty. seen an energy like that. Yeah, we was hungry, man. I mean, you know, we was just trying to figure out where where all this shit is coming from. Like, who's in charge of this hip hop shit? Who's really helping you get your shit heard? And it's like. When we found out them niggas was the niggas as far as back in the days listening to college radio stations and the underground shit. You, sorry to cut you off. Is this mm -hmm. prior to you guys hooking up with Steve Rifkin and, and doing the this whole This is earlier shit? than Steve. This this, is, this what made Steve the look at us. The first demos. Yeah, all that shit. Steve came way after. All this shit right here was just That's like groundwork. This was groundwork starting to realize, hold up, this shit got a little something attached to it. Absolutely. That that might be something. So, you know, for us, the early days was just wanting to get on a, you know, a mix show. And back then, you know, they, they mix show was the shit. You know, they come on late at, late at night. So, you know, we up late at night. We selling crack in the streets. And, yeah. you know, some of us is in the, in the crib bagging up, doing whatever, listening to the show. So same it was old, like. Same sweater. Time same <laughs> Yeah, Don't yeah. Don't spit, Ray. Don't. It's a super story, right? <laughs> um, uh, uh. First records, we all know, you know, Protect Your Neck, all that. What was the first record you guys cut for that first Wu project that you, that gave you the, the chills, that gave you those um, goosebumps when you were like, yo, this it is been It might have been um, the first record, actually, Protect Your Neck. Like, you know, we was making demos and all that back in the hood. You know, on the street level and shit, like, you know, niggas would go to Rizzo House and, you know, vibe out and come up with some shit and come back with a tape and, you know, only niggas in front of the building to hear it. Not everybody would hear it, though, so everybody had their own little demo tapes, but when we really got it in is when we made Protect Your Neck. That's when it was like a mission, you know, something that we all came to the table to do together. And it was like, for me, I'm running in another direction. I'm not thinking about no group shit until RZA actually say, yo, I want to form a group. Mm. So it's like, you know, he came to me. I'm one of the top three came to first. Like, I yo, see, I nigga. See, I, I don't want to say shit like that. Nah, but listen, boy, let but... me tell you something. It's the real, though. It's like when, when the group was being made, he called me. It was like, yo, yo, I want to do a group thing and yo, blah, blah, blah. And yo, you know. Do you feel like. He wanted me to be a part of that. Is, it, do you feel like because you were already so sharp with the pen and you were taking the hip hop super seriously or because of that stature you had in the street? Or were you just guys were like friends before everybody? Nah, you what know what it, it was? It, you know what it was? It was like, like I said, we had one foot in with the music and one foot out. And the only reason why we had that one foot in the music is because of RZA. Mm. Because we knew somebody that was believing in it. Mm. You know what I mean? And when he and what made us really, really get involved is when we seen him come back to the neighborhood with a record in his hand. Mm. You know what I mean? And then knowing his cousin was had a record deal. So we like, yo, hold up, y'all niggas got record deals? 
and y'all nice. Which was so, you which know was what I mean? So, so like, now, so foreign back then, right? Now it's like, oh shit, is that close to us where we could touch it? Like, and you know, they was they was just smart enough to know how to finagle to get to that level of getting a record deal early in the game. Yeah, er, I'm talking early. I'm talking Because a lot of people least, don't realize, like the energy, at least eighty nine. The energy in New York hip hop is exploding, and these companies are trying to catch up. They're just trying to grab any cat, you know, yeah. what I'm saying from pockets that are yeah. repping their hood because they're back. just seeing monetization. And the music, you know, was, back was then, pop, but right? but it it's like but it was all about also just having it. You know what I mean? You had to have something to get a record deal. Oh, of course. And, and and for me, it was like, you know, them niggas was smart dudes and they they made good music and I like their music. And it's like, for them to go out there and work so hard to get a record deal and come back to the hood, that shit was like, wow. That's like, that's like, yo, a nigga just caught $100,000. Minimum. Out the blue, you Minimum. know what I mean? It's like, yo, how you get that? The hit a lick. Like, y'all want that shit and, now. And you Ray, know what I mean? a lot of these young kids, you know, they're so fortunate. You know, social media, you see, oh, this cat's a nice producer. Let mm -hmm. me get let me get at him and get some beats to get my pen. We didn't know how to find a producer. You know what I mean? You know, uh, me personally, I was I was buying the little cassette singles so I could get the little, you know what I mean? The, the, the little remix. Yeah, yeah, the little instrumental just to be able to record myself. Right. We didn't know how to go about to find a producer and people don't know it was 5000 a weekend to do a, a serious <laughs> session. Yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> and you stayed up all night to do the shit, right? Right. Yeah. You know, those, those nah, were... but you know, it was different times, man. Back then. You know, one out of a million times you'll be able to get a record deal. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like back then, you had to know the right people. You had to be in the right position. And you had to have super talent. So for us, it's like knowing that we had a little bit to pay attention to from watching RZA and Jizza, mm -hmm. it was enough to like kind of create an energy to make us feel like we could do it. And we really wanted to do it just to represent where we from, like, Yo, nigga, we do the same shit over there that y'all do. And nobody you know? from nobody from your hood was on yet. Nah. Prior to you. Nah, which Staten is, Island is Which a, is, is so a, crazy because it's fucking 20 minutes away from, from everything. Mm -hmm. But you guys were really, really breaking ground. Staten Island is a ghost town. Nothing don't happen in my hood. Nothing don't happen in Staten Island. Nothing Staten good. Island is like... <laughs> nah, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot like, of action, though. When you think about certain places, like certain neighborhoods, they got shit going on in their neighborhood. They might have a, you know, a, a shopping mall or, that everybody go to or, you know, a, um, a, a party, Coliseum a block or... Yeah, yeah, shit like that. Like Staten Island never had none of that. So There's all no we knew was... Yeah, we never had none of that. Nothing. None of that shit. Community like, centers to go play ball in. That's none not of that. I mean, <laughs> you know, it was it was like a different kind of town out there. And, you know, it, it led us into the life of crime back then. So that's all we knew and shit. And music, like I said, you know, hanging out with the, with the dealers in the neighborhood and learning how to grow up and survive. Which you know? obviously was, you know, painted that, that picture of what you were going to pen. Yeah, you know, yeah, because that's all I knew. Personally, one of the... <laughs> that's all I knew, kid. One like of the, One of the first joints I remember hearing from you, the solo, which blew my fucking mind and still, you know, to this day. Mm -hmm. Can it be when it was all mm, so, so simple, simple yeah, then? Yeah, it's the hardest yeah. ever. That's, that's, that, that was a goosebump moment for me, yeah. you know, personally being a young student of the game. Right, right. So you guys start making a little bit or a lot of bit of money. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, a little bit. Yeah. A little um, lot. 
uh, well, it those was days a lot and, back then, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, then you start working on on projects, on, on albums, projects. yeah, yeah. I mean, what you was know, that, what was that? What was that development like? It was called growing, man. It was like yo learning the ropes, you know, really getting involved with the music side and starting to take it serious. Like when I started, I didn't really take it that serious. Were you and Ghost mm. always very close, and you kind of brought him in the fold, and that's why he mm. had such a prominent position on that record, or was it just the chemistry that just kind of? It just happened organically because he was from down the block, mm. I was from up the block. We didn't really rock with each other because we lived in rival neighborhoods. Mm. So it was like, every you know, day. our neighborhoods fight every year, at least once a year. Like, you know, something's happening. You know, somebody got cut from his neighborhood. They come back, retaliate, mm. blah, blah, blah. So RZA kind of like brought us together musically. But me and him, we learned to fuck with each other based on the fact that we liked a lot of the same things. And we related to each other. Mm. We, never crossed, we never crossed boundaries with each other in the street. So it was like, yeah, I know you know me, but... There was no as bad we, blood. It was yeah, just it was, awkward at the beginning. It wasn't bad blood, but it was like, yo, you stay on your side of the fence, I stay on my side of, of the fence. But at the end of the day, when we came together, we knew that our crews would never, ever hang together collectively. Yeah. You know what and I mean? And half the years later? Yeah, like... That's the best, right? You know what I mean? And years later, we got cool. That's man. groundbreaking. That's the best. You know what I'm saying? But still, our, our teams never really connected like that. Mm. You know what I mean? And um, nah, it's just relating, just relating to the music and relating to the lifestyle of coming up this way and this and the shit we like. We talk about sneakers and hats and we related a lot. You know what I mean? And we started doing records where it's like, Ghost would tell you, he'd be like, yo, chef, like, yo, you made me start rhyming a little bit more this way than the way I was rhyming. You know, for me, it was like I was just rhyming the way my heart felt at that time mm. because I was living under a certain circumstance. So I didn't have a Wu-Tang style. I just had a street style. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was going to be that dude in the crew. Which by like, default became... Became some shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like when like you that, do shit... Some shit. Mm. <laughs> when you yeah. do shit with no intended purposes, then it becomes something. That's, yeah. that's that magic. Yeah. There's no way I could mm. get you on this couch without asking you about style. Mm. Um, you know, you've been an iconic figure when it comes to this hip hop. You know, mm. this hip hop style. Speak to us a little bit about what brands you were feeling early. I know, you know, you were famous for the Tommy Hill. You had us all wanting to wear that sailing, that you know what I mean? That Tommy Snow Hill sailing. shit and all yeah, that low on. shit. Beyond the obvious, though. Like, take us deep. What, what, yeah. Were you fucking with Bally? Were you Dapper Dan? Like, what was what was the style inspirations? Um, what were you feeling? Yeah, I watched a lot of the older niggas in the neighborhood get fresh. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of niggas that I watched, I always watched niggas in the hood that was doing good for themselves. Cause it was a lot of us that was doing creep shit, so mm. you kind of had, you kind of knew who you was dealing with when you was dealing with them. So I kind of grasped to the niggas that was getting money. You know what I mean? Where they was, even if you had a fresh pair of Pumas or a fresh pair of Adidas, you know, nigga knew that yo, he was a dude that's going to keep turning it up like mm -hmm. that. So I always gravitated to those that was doing good for themselves. Of course, you know, even still running around with the wild goons, but. Certain dudes, you pay attention, like, oh, shit, the nigga got a fucking, he got a fucking Sergio Ticini suit on. He got a, Come new, on. He got a new Maxima. Come on. You know what I mean? Sergio like, Ticini was so 
epic. You know, you and then and not but saying, but listen, but to come out in the max though, you know what I mean? Like the car and all of that shit. Like motherfuckers, certain dudes in our neighborhood had shit. So I would just pay attention to what they was wearing and be like, yeah, when I get my money up, I'm a I'm gonna have my sneaker game up and my gear and all that shit and you know, and it just became a fad, like to watch Who's getting money? That's how you could identify with who's doing something in the neighborhood. It was very you could tell it. You could check out his shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because a lot of times we wore just strictly, you know, um, fatigues and all that, and stayed black down. Mm. My whole neighborhood all the time used to always wear black, like the whole neighborhood, because mm. everybody was into something. So mm. it's like at nighttime, Convenient. can't identify anyone. Yeah, Convenient. you don't know who's who because it's like yo, everybody's wearing all black. I wouldn't so, be good at that. Like You know what I mean? Next thing you know, it's just, you know, and, and, and eventually, you know, I just started to get money and say, yo, man, I'm going to buy me a shirt. I'm going to buy some sneakers. The whole, the niggas I ran with every day, that's what they was about. Yo, we getting a rental car. Yo, we going to buy some Clarks. Yo, we going to buy some Adidas. And you know, next thing you know, yo, niggas is the Get Fresh crew, you know, mm -hmm. but still running around, sniffing, blowing, you know what I mean? Like, we was young, wild niggas, though, but <laughs> we was getting money. We let you see that we was making money. And and like I said, watching the rappers, you know, on TV, you know, helped a lot, too. You know, watching Slick Rick and, you know, Rick was wearing minks back in 85, the long joint. A teenage love. The cardigans don't, don't with the dookie pieces. You know, the, the, the shangos and all that shit. We like, yo, we killing it. Like, yo, I need that. I need that look. Ray, you I know was what eight mean? years old. And I begged my parents yeah, to buy me a red fur kangle. Wow, you know how fucking sweet. ridiculous I looked at eight years old with a red fur kangle? Bless. Wow. But go, go. it was fucking iconic. Kangle. Yeah. yeah, I needed that. Fairy I begged Kangles my parents to get me a gold, uh, a gold eagle on my arm. Yeah, <laughs> nah, see, that, that came that came later, though. Let's take but a shot But Fairy Kangles is... Fairy Kangles. You had a Fairy Kangle, nigga? Eight years old. He was a young... Uh, oh, fur Kangles. God. Yeah. Mm. Delicious. <laughs> Delicious. So, yeah. Sergio Ticini. Yeah, all that shit. Jewelry. Fila. All that shit. What about the jewelry game? What was going on? I know the pieces were were just becoming crazier Yo, and was, crazier and crazier. Nah, you know what it is? Is that what made me love jewelry is that it was Jamaican niggas mm. living in our neighborhood that was getting a lot of money. We're talking about New Jack City era? Yeah, shit like yeah. that. Maybe even a little bit earlier than that. What inspired New Jack City? These dudes, it was Jamaican niggas and shit that came and took over the neighborhood. And it's like, yo, they jury, when I tell you, ropes on like this with eagles on it. And by the you way, know, shit, shit, like big, like long ones. Then, then they got the choke on your neck. Like, and the shit the wasn't hollow, ones. not never. You nah, could those, never those have is the official piece. joints. Those official is, joints. And it's like, they was just like this. And then, you know, and they got a silk shirt, a sky blue silk shirt on with them. I'm like, oh my God, like, why you do that? You know what I mean? Then the, then the Wally's on. And I'm like, uh, you know too, what I mean? Me and you like, yo, they, Very you exciting, know, they making bro. a lot of money. Now you remind you, you know, being 13, 14 years old, watching this shit, you like, oh shit. And what the fuck else do you really want to do with your life if you see these, all, all I wanted these was superheroes that. coming through the neighborhood? All I wanted was that. And eventually, after a while, you know, we started getting money and doing what we doing. We started dressing the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the jury always showed a, a, a certain form of success. Of course. You know, if, if you was getting money, you rewarded yourself with looking good. 
and jury was the first thing to get, you know, because we watched dudes in our neighborhood know they getting super, super crack money, and they coming downstairs like this with going and going up to the spot getting their money. The first coming down like the first. You know time what I got from the first yeah. time I met Ray. I seen this guy's neck. <laughs> not, a, not a cloud in a stone. You had the all tennis joint. Oh, okay. okay, clear okay. Shit. And he was okay. one of the first that you were early wearing the shorter. Yeah, the choker jo- style. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And this is uh, 15 years before yeah. it became what it was. And yeah. I remember seeing wow, him say, damn, man. Ray... Ray kind of got me wanting to shorten my shit. And, you know, we were real, <laughs> my chain hanged down on my so dick. And I was like, short, I seen man. Ray, I'm like, damn, son. Like, yeah. he, he was the first one in my I mind. I was super short, like, right on the neck. But the, my shit was right, right here. Though. No, it wasn't really a choker. It was, yeah. like, right about here. But it was yeah. it was that grown man shit. Now yeah. everybody's on that. Yeah. The all white on white sets and all that. But yeah. Ray was always in Yeah, in, in, I had my in, fun in my, with it. You know what I mean? It was just, a, you know, it was just a, 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 a glowing thing. I just wanted to glow different. You Not really that. realizing I'm, I'm, I'm being attached to certain trends, you know what I mean? When you think of the album Cuban Links, I would never think that every day that everybody... To, I wouldn't think today that... It would have man, an Yeah, that everybody's wearing Cuban Links and shit. So that's kind of dope, though. That means that, you know, my mission was... It was successful on what I where I was going. It, it with was it. hella successful. I and feel then like some. I right, feel like a lot of right. jewelers owe you a little, a little, a little percentage. Yeah, yeah. Give, give a nigga twenty percent, man. Even like, me and me, you know, I double dabble in jewelry. I sold a lot of Cubans. I should have trademarked it or something, right? Well, you know, we'll talk yeah. off camera. We might need to do a like uh, like how the Colombians used to do a stamp. We might not have to do a special uh, a chef stamp on the on 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 the lock of the of the Cubans and shit. That's actually, that's, that's actually a very good idea. That's a good look, plus. That's actually a very good idea. Put the R on it, right? 14 carat with the R next to it. Right? Or we put that tarantula that you used to have and shit. Oh, the tarantula, right? That shit was heavy, too. That shit was a weapon, kid. That tarantula? Shit was like fucking, like almost like four pounds or some shit. A little solid, heavy joint, though. You know, and that's like a lot of people don't understand. Like, you could not have a hollow piece. You could not have a hollow chain. Because yeah. as soon uh, as you came through glowing, motherfuckers wanted to appraise your shit with oh, that. Yeah. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Yo, I could see that. You yeah, know, I no want that niggas get their shit pra- appraised still. Like, <laughs> that's important. Like, you can't be, you can't be buying shit and no, you know, know what kind of value it hold though, but. I just mean you Everybody were getting clowned if your shit wasn't chunky, like yeah, yeah. off the rip. But see, that was the best chain, the chain you got on because those ain't popping, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we used to run around and snatch chains, so it's like we didn't go for those. We, we didn't go for the little ones that you could pop. But those are the hardest ones to get. Like you gotta really Knock you can't, you can't, out and take you it can't off. get that off his neck. You gotta pull out a gun on him and tell him to take it off. So you know, we was just wild like that, but we knew that that was the best change because niggas in our neighborhood like had those too, like the long, big, heavy, mm. thick joints like this, yeah. like all the way down here on some Shabba Rank shit. You know, you had one of those, B. Super it was like you was, you was that dude. Plus, I feel like mm. even on a level of rock and Raiders jackets or Fila's or certain, you know, you had to have a certain aura about you to be to even be able to dress like that because that wasn't yeah. regular shit. You were yeah. kind of, you know, putting yourself out there as yo, mm. I'm hip hop to the core. 
it is what it is. Mm. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers had to pay their dues to call themselves that once upon a time. It yeah. wasn't like everybody's just doing this for style. Yeah, you had to you had to fit the criteria of what it was though. So talk to us a little bit about the old New York, about nightlife, mm. about what spots you guys used to go up to, whether it was the tunnel or you know what I mean? Like where was it really getting like popping back in the day? Where you guys used to go? Well, you know, you know what I mean? Um, definitely the tunnel was the shit though. You know, it seemed like back when the nineties and all that and and we came out it was like the nightlife was getting more serious and a lot of places was like we would go to was definitely places like the tunnel. Mm. Um, you know, um it was this spot called what was the name of that shit? Not Red Parrot, that's more back in the day. Um, you know, um, what the fuck is the name of the shit? Damn, it was right over there by Union Square. Um, you know what I'm talking about? It's uh, fuck. I think it was a little bit before my time, though. Yeah, I uh, know it was a legendary spot, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, damn. It was certain places though, but the tunnel was more like the hood spot. You know what I mean? And you know, we used to always go up in there because we knew. That everybody and their mother be up in there, you know. Everybody from different, 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 different towns and cities. You was see, going before over social there. media, this is where cats were networking. This is how yeah, records were this getting is, discussed. Yeah, you had to know that. Things. You had to go to the Gladiator spot though. Mm -hmm. So, the tunnel was definitely the Gladiator spot. Any um, crazy stories that stick out in your mind? Wild shit, shit you could speak on, of course. I mean, you know, just shots breaking out in the club and. I mean, one time, you know, he's coming in the club and shit, and you know how you see people, they see you and say, what up? And I remember seeing this kid in a wheelchair and shit, so you know, he said, what up? I'm like, yo, yeah, yo, what up? You know you what I mean? popping by this point. But this then, the, yeah, 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 we on now. And next thing you know, shots break out in the club, and all I see is the wheelchair nigga, like, you know? <laughs> like, it was like, up? he ran with us, like, <laughs> the chair was in the air, like, <laughs> like you know, I just remember him being. I just remember him being around. Like everybody's trying to get out the way. Like, yo, it was it was crazy though, man. You know, but you know, we was young, man. We was young and having fun and getting in this shit. And everybody was just trying to represent where they was from. You know, we was coming in a spot three hundred deep, literally like three hundred of us, like in one corner. So. You know, we happened in that. Staten Island became famous overnight just based on the fact that the way we was moving when we was starting to get on. Facts. You know what I mean? And and what made us so thick like that, it was just the fact that each one of the members in the Woo had their own clique. Mm. So it's like like I told you earlier, like, yo, I know Ghost. I fuck with Ghost, but Ghost had his set. I had my set. You know what I mean? And... So when it was time for us to all come represent together, people from his side is gonna come out and represent him, but still represent us, but they really there for him. So you guys were really moving like the Gambinos, part yeah. of the pun, but we Gambinos, I mean that's I would how, say I would say right? we had I would say back then in New York City, we probably had about three thousand men. About three thousand men between Soldiers. all of us here, like ready just, for anything. Yeah, like still a powerful crazies. movement to this day. Yeah, I mean, you know, cause we come from those parts where it's like we know a lot of people and shit. Where 
they know us like that. You know what I mean? That's why Wu Tang could never be like a like a um like a real star studded group because we know too many too many people from the neighborhood it's that always gonna concrete. keep us grounded. They're gonna always keep us right here because we just know so many of them. Like Rizza alone, he probably got about probably like a hundred people in his family. Wow. You know what I mean? So just his side alone, just what he was up to, what old Dirty was up to back then, Rest they was dirty. just coming out. It was like, yo, who the fuck is these things? But yo, they were dirty. It's like it's a thousand of them, but they they ready. They ready to go if they have to, you know. So, you know, a lot of times we, we didn't want to come in a place wanting to be troublemakers, but we wanted the shit to happen. You know what I mean? It's oh, I like, know the feeling. We don't want no problems, but we looking for it if it happened. <laughs> you know, it's like we, but, because, you know, Staten Island was the last borough to get on. So for us, we were still a little bit, you know, bitter about that. Like, yo, y'all don't know about us? You're going to know. You know, you're, now we got to make you know, you know. Mm -hmm. So now it was just that energy. Like, yo, we demand that respect. We're going to take it. And we're going to rush the clubs. We're going to do what we want to do to get in. Mm. You know, bounces is getting chopped. Niggas' legs is getting fucking broke. That's the era. You know what I mean? All for us to just be like, yo, that's us. Mm -hmm. Leave you with something. Then we got banned. We got banned back in the 90s from the clubs. All the clubs in the city, they didn't want us involved. Like, yo, they start trouble. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers is getting stitches. You know, the bodyguards and... It's too many of us. It took me a long time to get my respect to get back in the clubs because they was like, every time I come, nah, you can't come in. The fuck you mean I can't come in? <laughs> that is, that is. They talking about something 10 years later. Like, you know, I'm like. As crazy airport. as it sounds, it's expected because for us that know the, the era and shit. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Speak to me about your favorite collaborations outside of the woo, obviously. What were some of, of the memorable moments? I could tell you mine, but I'm more interested in yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, definitely um, some of my favorite collabs was was rocking with dudes on our record label. You know, you know, we's down with Loud. So at that time, Marv Deep, mm. um, you know, Big Pun, you know, Nas and... You know, we did a couple of R&B records back then, Joe to see. You had a record with Davina. Mm. Yeah, my own girl, Davina. I got the I think she got sound aloud, right? Exactly. Was she on loud one time? I got the promo uh, single, uh, Rest in Peace, Big Pun. I was like 14 years old. Yeah. Came to the Manhattan Center. There was a big show there for Rocksteady's anniversary. Big L was on stage that day. Pun was on the stage first time mm. I ever saw him, and I, I was fortunate enough to get a pick with all these guys. You when was, I was dead, huh? And um, mm. they gave me a tape of the single Davina featuring Raekwon. Right, right. And I right. tripped out because I never knew anybody else named Davina. Davina was my sister's name. My big sister's name is Davina. Oh, shit. Wow. And I always remember. That's a real that. name? My sister's real name is Davina, so that's oh. why I tripped. I showed it to my pops. I said, yo, one of mm. my favorite MCs got a record. I didn't know any. I, I right. thought my parents made it up. I didn't even think it was a real name. Right, right. And um, my sister ended up passing a few years ago, right? Oh, yeah. So sorry, rest in peace. Yeah. So yeah, rest um, in peace. that shit always stuck out in my mind because I never met another Davina since. Right. And that shit always, and that single to this day, I still uh, bumped that. What was the name of that? So Good? So Good, yeah. yeah. That was a dope record, that too. That was a great record. Where she was getting on. She was... 
doing a thing. So, you know, I, I was engaging with a lot of different music back then, R&B music. You know what I mean? Like, I always felt like I grew up on R&B music. All of that was my hip-hop back then. Listening to Dennis Edwards and, you know, Frankie Beverly and all that type of shit. I grew up on that kind of music. Gems. You know what Take I mean? Take notes, people. You understand know, that, we need to reach was, back to the real musical legends that laid that blueprint for us yeah. to be able to sample all this, yeah. this fly, this fly I mean, shit. you know, that was going on in the neighborhood. Like I said, being a young kid, being magnetized to what dudes in the neighborhood that's doing something for themselves doing. And a lot of times, you know, either they was going to work or, or they was listening to music to enjoy the weekend with, you know, just making your block feel comfortable. Yeah. It made it feel homely and you know, you know, when they had shit like Park Hill Day, mm. you know, in our neighborhood, it was something to look forward to as a kid. And, you know, seeing people that you respect in your neighborhood, you know, really wanting to do something for the community where, yo, we're gonna do a park, we're gonna do a jam today. Or yo, we're gonna, you know, all that shit meant something. That was hope for us. Coming up as a kid, you know what I mean? It was like to get away from all the poverty and the, the the shit that was keeping us down. That day meant a lot. Not to mention what was going mm. on at home. Yeah. I mean, I we mean, all came from a rough background, yeah, because, family structure yeah, wise. You know, you know what I mean? so, yeah, I definitely come from a abusive, you know what I mean, home. For me personally, I felt like the hip hop was an escape. Yeah. I, I feel like R&B was that escape. There you go. It was there you go. Same shit. Yeah. Um, you and Nas collaborating. Mm. To me, you guys have always had a chemistry right. where I feel like you guys, you know, steel sharp and steel. Right. When you and Nas get in the fucking room together. Can, nah, can, that's can my you nigga. tell me a little bit more about that? Nah, I mean, you know, me and Nas, we, we always been cool since, you know, since we got on, since we both got on. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, me and him got on, you know, when the whole crew, you going to get me ripped. You're going to get me right, right? This the, is my 12 fucking and drink, the, nigga. And with the cheer shot glasses. You know you ain't going to come on my sofa and get out of here sober. Come on. Mm. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. You're shit here now. Might as well be fucking, <laughs> this shit might as well be on the flame right now. It's supposed to get easier. Real talk and honor Guru, man. Nah, no doubt. Rest in peace, my brother Guru. He was the one who got me on that Henny and water. You know what I'm saying? It's your shit. You drank that all day, Henny? You know, uh, I wouldn't be alive if I did, but tonight is a, is a good vibe. So in honor of you being here, we... Uh, I'll be yeah. drinking Jamie, Jameson, though. Oh, shit. Don't, don't make That's me take shit. you to the Irish spot. and we gonna, I'm, a, I'm a whiskey drinker today, y'all. We're going to get gingy, and we're going to take them uh, a couple Jamies to the head. Not Nas. right now, though. Not right now. No, no, we have none. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> but nah, but you know, back to my nigga, though. You know what I mean? Like, we always had a... Um, a certain type of respect for each other, you know, just being friends when we met, you know what I mean? We both was just, you know, like, yo, yo, you from Queens, I'm from Staten, yo, man, yo, we fuck with you, yo, we fuck with you over here, you know what I mean? Yo, come in the neighborhood, you know what I mean? I go to his neighborhood, he go to my neighborhood, yeah. you know, then we vibing with music and, you know, it, it almost seemed like being around somebody who you know that if he lived out here, you would be fucking with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we both had that kind of relationship. And, you know, when I invited him on that record, Verbal Intercourse, that's when the friendship grew even more because it was like, yo, now we doing records together. And, you know, at one point, out. believe it or not, you know, Nas would have, uh, 
he was interested in, in signing with niggas. You know what I mean? Allegedly, from what I was heard, like you know, through his really? peoples, he was like, "Yo, you know, you know, I, w- I wouldn't mind being managed by Wu Chang at that time." And well, I mean, he always like- felt like the tenth member, and yeah. we looked at him like a tenth member because for him to be so young and be so smart, we knew he was a golden child even before the world knew it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, son, that kid, the kid is like an X-Men to us. Yeah. He could be part of he's the special. X-Men. Yeah. He's like, you know? he's, uh, he's Rain Man. He's autistic so, with it. You know, we always, we always been cool. And, and today, we still cool. Like, that's my nigga. You know what I mean? I feel like out of everybody, a lot of people in New York yeah. at the time put you guys in that category. Yeah. With the pen of being like, you know. Goat pen. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, there was few nah. who were being compared. And I feel like you guys were... Nah, Giants, you we know. was we was New York. We was the old York to the old York crew back then. Like when you think about when the game really changed when we first came out, it was like like I was telling somebody the other day, like you know New York had a certain kind of sound, you know that was really something that was needed at that time because the music game was like kind of like driven somewhere else yeah it was happy we made we talked about pain in our music mm-hmm. and that pain that we wrote about became classic records you know it was just about the chemistry it's like yo the bread and butter shit was just toasted at the right perfection mm-hmm. so we all was doing it yo staten allen niggas we had our shit queens niggas they had the Nazis and the capone and noriegas and Tragedies and so you Shout know what I mean. The new Trash. generation, yeah. Shout out my boy Trash. That's one of my you know? OGs, man. Yeah, Trash is a Trash is a vet. Break one. I got questions. Yeah. Who are you listening to now out of New York? Um, who, are you, who are a couple names that, like for people watching? Like put put us on to what's in your uh, in your playlist. Um, nah, you know what it is though. Honestly, I don't really listen to nobody. <laughs> Chef's in his bag. He's going back nah, to Frankie Beverly. Nah, listen, listen. Nah, you know what it is, though? It's just that I listen, but I'm not, and I'm not, it's not inspiring enough because mm. it's just, it's it's just a different time. So I really can't really relate to anything that's not inspiring. What about inspiring. an Uncle Murda, a young MA? I mean, these people are spitting like that. Nah, that I don't Davies, listen, listen. Maybe. But I'm saying, but nah, all of those is dope. Don't get me wrong. All of them, they doing no their they they numbers. But if you ask a nigga that been around just as long as I ask, mm. he might give you the same answer. Like, yep. You know what I mean? And that's all I'm just saying. Like, It ain't the fact that I'm hating on new, the new generation. Oh, I totally agree it's with you. It's just that the new generation is a new era. You know what I mean? So it's like, for me, I got to stick to my era. So I'm going to always pay attention to the niggas that was making classics, you know what mm. I mean? Like, like, like I said earlier about the old York, you I can name a lot of those dudes that made classic albums. You know, I can't get a classic out of nobody today. That's not saying and they not dope, they not good. You know, but I just can't get sure. a classic. Right. I can't it get make you feel that. a record for record for record for record and really feel like it's authentic. So it's like I kind of stay to. The music that I love, which is my time and, you know, of course, those oldie but goodies that made me who I am, you know? Most underrated, one of the most underrated classics that I've actually been mm. listening to a lot. Frenchy, tell me if I'm wrong. Cool mm. G Rap 456. Mm. Mm. 
Well, you know, G Rap is just a he's a he's a super vet. So you know, of course. See, see, I, I feel like I fall in his dimension of of, of rap is on that level. You know, because G Rap was you know <laughs> when G Rap was talking that shit, we was in action. We was Timberland boots on. You know, army coats. You know, on what's that your, mission. What's your favorite Eric B and Rakim record? Crazy ass. Making them work. I would say um probably I would say probably um Eric B for president. Make him make him clap to this. That shit was when that shit first came out, B super dope. Summer, you know, I'm thinking about two finger rings, super deep clocks, silk shirts. Preach. You know what I mean? It's like the drug game was was booming, the block was my block was making like six hundred thousand a night. We talking about Killer Ben, you know, paid in full you posse. Know, the music back then, the gear, the, the the flat top phase, the it was mean. You know, everything just was like, yo, get on. This is the time. Them summers was dope summers, and when you heard that record right there, favorite Slick Rick record. Oh, and I children's story. Children's, children's story. story. You know what I mean? And that's just one, but that record, but. Even if I go back to the show with him and Dougie, it's like all the way to heaven. You know what I mean? Or Lottie Dottie. Yeah. Those is those is records that really fucked the block up. Like, Fuck yeah. you know, like oh shit. And then if you hear them niggas is coming in town, and we only get, we didn't get that as much as a lot of other places. So when they came to our neighborhood, it was like oh shit, them niggas really came out. Like they here. Yeah. You know, you come down to the big park, you know what I mean, and the shit is crowded, and you like, yo, you heard Dougie Fresh gonna be here, and Slick Rick, and they pop up and they show up. You like, oh shit, they here, and they be right there and shit. These guys were our mm. superheroes, man. They were our exactly. fucking comic books. Well, we I had like, that feeling tonight. That's a fact. Like till today, like like you said, still today. Well, speaking of mm. that era, I bring that up very strategically and purposefully. Mm. I made a couple calls. Um, I have some good friends mm. of mine that that have Kazal mm. here in Canada, and I thought to myself, I said, "Damn, man, Kazal." I only know one. You know, I'm gonna tell you something. You know who put them back on the map, right? Me. Let me explain it to you. And this is a hundred. This is a hundred percent real life facts. Tell them, brother. When we go shopping in certain places, right, a lot of times we would go, like, uptown or something, right? And it's this certain store uptown that everybody go to. Everybody from all over, they go to this store, right? It's called Blue Jeans or whatever the case may 145th. be. 145th. Yeah, 145th. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right there. And it's like the dude in there, he sells all kind of shit or whatever from clothes or whatever. Mm -hmm. So he happened to have glasses in there as well. And I was in the store one day, and I know him. He's a good brother. He's a Muslim brother. I know him. And um, I told him, I said, yo, you need to go get some Kazals. But when I said it, I didn't realize that he would really go and really get in the Kazal business to go get shit from Kazal, official shit. Yeah. But the only thing that really made me think about it was the fact that I remember back when I was coming up as a kid, Kazals was big. Mm -hmm. The OGs warm. And back then, niggas was getting them snatched off their face. Mm -hmm. Niggas was getting robbed for them on the train. Like, to have a pick, because back then, they was literally $500 back then. Yeah, exactly. You know what They're I mean? They're like 1000 now, but 500 You know, and like I had an uncle, I had an uncle, that, I had an uncle that wore them, too. So, 
I guess I guess what made everybody win is the fact that Run DMC. DMC looked right. it like his glasses looked it like gazelles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they, they probably weren't. wasn't. I don't think they were. I don't think they was neither, but they looked it like gazelles. So a lot of the OGs, you know, that dress with the Kangos and the and the jean jacket Lee suit on and mm -hmm. the Timbs. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was the glass, that was the eyewear style, the big That frame. was almost like the extension of your jewelry. Yeah, was yeah, the yeah. Because you had to change yeah. the shit. You yeah, if you, had if you didn't have jewelry on, you weren't really. that little gold part of your gazelle was jewelry. But if you, you know had what I mean? three chains with that shit. Oh, then you were you off to the races. But you better have that strap. So on you. me, when I told him, so anyway, like I said, you know, putting them on to it, like yo, you should get some gazelles in there. Like yo, I think niggas are buying. And next thing you know, he had got a couple of pair, and dudes started coming and copping them. So every time I came in the store, he was like, yo, you was right with those glasses. I said, see. So really, for me, it was just. Paying homage to that kind of eye lens, of to that kind of eyewear that was going on back then, not really knowing that a lot of dudes would really get on and fuck with them. I see Ross, Ross rock them a lot. You know I know what your I mean? collection must be massive and i know that you mm. must have the you know the classic dmc joints and the and the and you know the ones that ross mm. has so i personally picked something that i thought would be fire oh these shit. are the the johnny depp and blow <laughs> the, blow the blow joints said the blow <laughs> come joints. on now i cannot have you here and the blow have, joints huh think of these my brother let me see what you're working with let me see shout out gazelle Ooh, that's a nice lens right that's there. The, that's with the silk shirt. That's a nice it's lens. It's not with the tracksuit. That's the silk shirt. Uh, uh, right. those, are, those are slippery right there. Slippery with the greenish lens, yeah, the money like green. Look. Wear them well, see brother. See this right here? The, the, see, these are the 2000, 2000 joints right here. These are murderous right here. These is, did I do good? I look like a baseball player with did these Did I do good? Did I, nah, you did good. That's, you did good. That, that's Sheffield now. Nah, He's the baseball good. Sheffield, bro. Yeah, that's what I said. The Donnie <laughs> Shell joints. Nah, yo. Nah, it's love. Nah, these Where are well, my brother, you always these do. These are all. These is all right here, kid. And all. he got the, 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 the burgundy... The burgundy A's, the burgundy come on. The burgundy hat on, come yeah. Come on, man. Just getting on stage, tore my hat apart, and that's all. Well, nah. it was an absolute pleasure here having you, my brother. Thank nah, you again. No Thank doubt. you very much for coming through, man. It was, nah, uh, no question. It was long Shout out to Gazelle, man. You know, this had a lot to do with my my years of growing up, and, you know, I always pay homage to to the brands that really inspired me to be who I am today. So We're, we're happy Shout to have Gazelle. you rocking them. Raekwon the Chef is in the motherfucking building. I'm no your question. boy, Bless. This is the MOT Podcast. Continued success, my brother. And no uh, keeping keep keeping this uh, this hip hop thing of ours alive, my brother. No Thank you. No